All right, hello, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing Wondering today. The players have tried very hard to make me feel bad about myself and my age uh, in the uh, in the prep for this uh, uh, for this episode. Uh, they've been teasing me, saying how old. Uh, they've been uh, keep telling me that there's a crypt keeper over my shoulder here and there, and someone's coming for me. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's just so. re like remnants of Delta Green. That's not uh, us. I'm sorry that I am a man who enjoys a little Peter Cetera. I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> I was just curious, like, why your green screen was messing up, because there's, like, a shadow looming over you. Yeah, That's yeah. All. Well, Jeff, death, death, death might be coming for me, but one thing I can say is that on my gravestone, uh, not that I'll have one, but on my gravestone, I want, Melissa, you can mark this down. Uh, it's going to say, he did it all. For the glory of love. That's what I want <laughs> written on, or carved or whatever the hell they do on gravestones. So there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, so, yeah, they've been making me feel really bad about myself. Uh, it's uh, it's that's what it is. So anyway, time for a very depressing, very sad, uh, very blood soaked episode of uh, of One Ring uh, as we say goodbye to these. Wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's introduce let's introduce who's playing. Tell us about your character, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We'll start with the least responsible person for what's about to go down today. Long, tell us about Floy. Yeah, first to go, Floy. He's a dwarf. I'm a treasure hunter, so hopefully there's a bunch of treasure coming. And he's gone from looking like just decrepit to nice and clean for this adventure. Okay, I know you are very, very tidy, braided. Uh, I think you have braided beard now, mm -hmm. new clothes, you're looking really good. Then you immediately go on in a uh, like a two week adventure, traveling <laughs> into the outback here. It's gonna be gonna be fantastic. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. Next up, we have Gilly Kettlegrass. Ashley, tell us about Gilly. Uh, I'm playing Gilly Kettlegrass, and uh, I'm our Bree Hobbit, and. Uh, I am very excited for our next adventure. Um, Well-rested. My parents taught me how to smoke a pipe. And I'm good to go. God, that's the, I, this, this is the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest canon details were established in the past two, two, two episodes. This is the weirdest stuff. Oh, my God. That's how you can tell a campaign's in its later stages. It's like just having fun, just being silly, like just picturing the art of smoking you know I'm just picturing you like like well a couple people made a few jokes about how it's like i think i'm really feeling it dad it's like gilly it's just tobacco yeah <laughs> so funny oh goodness all right um it's character okay. development yeah yeah bottom row we've got a rineal. uh melissa you're as old, almost as old as I am. Uh, I we're on our way out. Uh, but statistically speaking, I'm probably going to go first. So, uh, yeah, tell us about uh, tell us about Arineal. Uh Well, Arineal is a uh, spry 22. Uh, she is a uh, Ranger of the North champion. Um, she, let's see, switched out her snowshoes for a knife last time. Um, so there was a suggestion in chat of maybe a uh, fishing pole or a fishing net or something like that might have been better. So we'll see if I uh, rue that choice as we are near the lake. And sure, 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 sure. Yeah. I'm sure you wouldn't have used it for its actual 
proper use. You would have found some other no. way to do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, can we? Can I no, use Jeff, this? we want a two hour fishing montage. <laughs> no, no. She'll be like, I really would have used this fishing pole for this courtesy check. Can I do that? And like, they're fishermen. Like, I'm fisher person here. Can I? Can I get? That's what I, I would allow that. Yeah. That's fair. But what if it goes, what like if it's the, the horseshoe wrong? game? Oh, the horseshoe game. <laughs> no one ever. But <laughs> fishing? The amount of work <laughs> I put into that horseshoes game. Oh my God. I'm going to bust those out again. I'm going to convert them to one. That was so much fun. Because not only was it the horseshoes, it was taunting. the, the taunting. Taunting was so good. Yeah. Because Long and I ended up playing it, and Long and I are the worst at like, let's improv taunts. <laughs> Uh, I'm oh, also God. not good at that. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was immediately following <laughs> the beach scene where you yes. watch a cult sacrifice like these a like baby. young teenagers and you're all like, hey, that's cool. That's that's cool. Let's go play some horseshoes. Like that was stupid. This is an old campaign we're talking about. It's so stupid. So dumb. <laughs> All right. And then they all got eaten or something later on, so it was fine. Uh, all right. Uh, and then lastly, we have our, our, our elven member of the party. Uh, Steven, tell us about Erebon. Erebon is a child of Eru, uh, elf of Linden, uh, wanderer, outcast, warden. Uh, he's been exploring the northern areas for uh, some time now until he got picked up like a stray dog by uh, the fellowship here. He's been uh, following along ever since. Yeah, yeah, you have been adopted. That is true. That is true. You, you made sure you, I got rid of my fleas first, though. So you're 1134. Is that how old you are again? 1134. Yeah, 11 just slightly older than you are in real life. I know how important isolating the age of people is to you. I know you, you like to know what the number is so that you can then use that, weaponize it in some fashion. So there we go. Me? No, no. I, yes. I'm a very nice person, Jeff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 Those are, that's, yeah. Okay. So anyhow, uh, so yeah, let's get into the summary. Let's kind of get into this. Uh, we have started on another adventuring phase. Very exciting. So a few months have passed since all of you have uh, had, had your encounter with Rotag up in the north by the Etten Moors on the edge of Angmar. Uh, we had Yule, we had Durin's Day, you all separated for a bit, went and visited some some places to sort of rejuvenate in some way, whether that was seeing your, your family or whether it was just wandering and having some alone time, whatever it was, you all separated, but fate brought you back together again. Uh, rumors as well that have come out of the North Farthing in the Shire uh, that uh, apparently there have been some strange folk or there were strange folk that were spotted along the frozen waters of Lake Evendim, uh, and apparently around the potentially ruinous city of Anominas. Uh, and you know that you guys know that there's basically, you know, you have some basic history of those, those places. Uh, but essentially, you know, that it was once kind of the capital of like the Northern kingdom of men, and then it's fallen to ruin. Uh, and there might be treasures and artifacts and such. So I think the theory is that these might be, some of those Rudawan uh, hill folk. Um, and so all of you decided to sort of investigate. You talked a little bit with Talendil and Marimbem, uh, which they told you of uh, a village uh, called Eskerdale, uh, hidden uh, somewhere in the northern shores of Lake Evendim, in the hills of Evendim. And uh, although it's kind of a, 
a, a village that doesn't much consort with outsiders, if anybody is to uh, have have known anything about who might have been traversing these this this land, it, it would be them. Uh, so you all decided you're going to to head on a journey there. Um, now, along the way, you found a broken cairn uh, on the greenway near Fornos, and inside of it, uh, a poor dead soul had been a tomb robber, it seems, had been killed by a wraith. Uh, the rest of you were then ambushed by this wraith. You managed to fight it off, uh, and then you left. You covered the, you kind of reset the cairn stones a bit, so uh, no poor, unsuspecting individual might fall and run into similar issues. Uh, you passed over the plains where some of the combined armies of Linden elves and soldiers from Gondor, the remnants of the Dunedain, fought uh, with the armies of Angmar, fairly familiar place uh, for one reason or another with Erebon. And then while preparing to camp one night near the banks uh, of uh, of the Brandywine, uh, you um, you all saw kind of a, a strange sight. You saw this this small ashen boat, uh, kind of this, this sort of dark ashy wood these strange etchings on the gunwale. You saw this eerie figure who's had like cloaks of shadow that were like whipping around it. And there were uh, individuals that were rowing as well. And, and you watched for a bit. And as you did, like nausea, disorientation kind of swept over you all, kind of this sudden sense of une- unease. And eventually it abated, but only when that boat kind of curved around this wide bend in the river and headed west uh, in the direction of Lake Evendim. So we're going to pick up um, right there, but with one quick note, uh, one of the things we forgot to do last session was assign travel fatigue based upon the first two journey events. So uh, I have done that on your sheets. All of you should be at four uh, travel fatigue. So it was two for each. Uh, you did pass your various journey event tests, so there wasn't any additional penalty, but those were just sort of the flat uh, the flat penalties for that. So we're going to pick up. Uh, the boat has just uh, departed your, your vision. Uh, the nausea, the unease, the strange whispers that were sort of assaulting some of your ears has abated. Um, does anyone want to do anything? Uh, this is I'd, good. I'd like to take a look at Floyd and see if uh, this is affecting him at all with his, uh, you know, priors that he's got. His priors? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the wrong one. We're not playing Delta Green. What am I doing? Okay. Um, so, yeah, you look over at Floyd and you don't see any, I mean, he, much like everybody else, he has kind of this pale sickly look like the colors coming back to his cheeks all of you had that moment uh, of this momentary sense of dread um but it doesn't appear that he looks any different or better or worse than anybody else okay just wanted to make sure no offense floy admiring the wares i see what was that i didn't hear you i'm sorry admiring the wares (laughs) yeah well you know there's a lot to admire I, i really like how you braided your beard you know it looks really unique um why are you guys talking about Floyd's beard did you guys not see the weird ghost ship it felt it felt awful it just remember when with like the wraith in in the barrows uh my lantern turned green and that lantern was green that's true 
perhaps this undertaking was uh, foolhardy. Maybe we should turn around. We have not come this far just to go back. No, but it it, it does mean we should be careful, right? Definitely be careful. Yeah. Definitely gather gather some information about our our foe here. Agreed. We should Jeff always is rolling dice, and I am always be cautious. Nervous. But this is nighttime, right? Yes, it is nighttime. You guys are setting up camp when this happened. You're a little bit of the way. You're a little bit away from the bend in the river. The river is not like extraordinarily wide, but it's wide enough, uh, and it's deep enough that it's not the type of you know you would you would have to sort of travel for literally hours up or down to try to find a way to cross it. Like the way mechanically in game works, like when you're plotting your course, plotting your journey, mm-hmm. you do have to account for the fact that there are rivers. It's not just like you easy mode across. Like you have to look for for bridges or you have to find some other means to get across, that kind of thing. So it's not an extraordinarily wide at this point. This is a fairly heavy bend and you are kind of, we're sort of up on a ridge looking across at it. There was a little bit of light um, this sort of pale, sickly, flickering light uh, that was hanging from uh, a lantern. Again, it had like these sort of black sails. It almost seemed like they were full of wind, uh, but they didn't doesn't doesn't really feel that way. But there were also looked like there were individuals that were rowing at the same time beneath the gunwale, hidden kind of shadows here and there, uh, and that kind of drew drew your attention. But um, perhaps uh, it would be prudent if we moved away from shore to camp. Yeah. Um, Gilly would like to do like a lore check about like black sailed ships and Unima, uh, Anamas or however you say it. Anuminas. How do you say it? Anominas. Thank you. Minus. It's like minus, minus Tirith. Uh, and then you just do, Anu. I don't know. I'm not like an expert or anything. Um, more than me. Jeff, we know you sleep with the Silmarillion under your pillow. Time out. <laughs> I do have it right here, though. <laughs> it's yeah, within yeah. reach. <laughs> At so, all times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. When Melissa and I got married, that's what like we had to do. Like whatever. Else. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, you want to do a lore test on black sails and stuff? Um. I don't want you to roll if I'm not going to give you anything. So I'm going to say no on this just because there's really nothing to give you uh, if you were to succeed. Um, You could, I mean, if you want, I'll let you roll. I I can't, I think we did some basic rolls on background on some things. Um, I'll say, I'll say, go ahead and roll a lore test, but I'm not necessarily going to give you um, anything specific on black sales or anything, but I might give you something on Anuminas. Okay. Uh, just a basic success. Okay, so I mean, in your in your reading of of you know Oswald Breaker's pages and his library back in Coombe, uh, the only real information you can think of uh, that kind of comes into play when it when you think of Animinas and like ships and ghost ships and stuff like that, there are Kind of like these these tales, this, these folk tales, this folklore of 
the tower, well, like the, the sort of the tall Western tower of Anuminas. And there have been stories told by travelers and treasure hunters that some people say that if you were to climb to the top of the tower and look upon the shores of Lake Evendim on a starry, moonless night, you could potentially see the Twilight ships is what they're kind of referred to as. Now, they're referenced as like ghostly ships, but there's no reference specifically to uh, to them being like black sails or there's no references to some feeling of unease. You're not sure if it's the same thing and you're not actually near the, the town yet or the, the, the ruins of the city. You're, you're uh, about 100 miles away. So, um, but that's the only thing you can think of when it comes to, to that. So, but that is the legend, like the idea if you climb to the tower, you might see a vision of something. So Gilly will take the time now that we're all kind of like properly spooked and we're still around like the um, campfire and she'll kind of flip through her journal to like find like a note where maybe she referenced it and she'll tell them like the story of that. Okay. Sounds good. And you do know that one of the few places that actually is above water regularly throughout the year is the Mm -hmm. Western Tower. So this is something that people, like, even of late, like, whether it's true or not, who knows? Yeah. Are we still going to camp tonight and maybe just move a little bit more inland by Airbond's suggestion? Uh, that, that could be a good idea. Oh, yeah, that's easy, uh, easily enough done. Yeah. When we move uh, more inland, I also will uh, offer to uh, take watch the majority of the night since uh, I don't need to sleep as much anymore. I will just do my uh, Elvish uh, meditation as I uh, walk uh, slowly around the camp. Okay. All right. Uh, is anyone else doing anything this eve before you kind of pass in for the night? Um, can I do like a basic like awareness check of our surroundings? Looking for dangers and things. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. A great success. Uh, looking around, um, you know that like you're, especially with your your studying of the maps and stuff that you did beforehand, you know that you are, you guys are basically camping on like these plains or just on the edge of these plains where like this, you know, this major battle occurred between like the forces of elves and men and and the, the armies of Angmar, right? Like you are literally on the plains where this sort of occurred. And, while while there's no clear apparent danger of anything like attacking you you don't see any signs of like orcs or goblins or there is a general sense of unease for sure and like there is despite the fact that it's springtime like the night gets much colder than you would have anticipated maybe it's just that you're traveling further north than Bree or but you do feel like in your chest, this this sense of like a, like a coolness take over, and I would say everyone to some degree feels that as well. So there is probably some concern over doing anything to like 
you know, anything that might sort of desecrate or denigrate the, the sort of the lives that were lost here. And who knows what other strange things might haunt the plains. Um, but you look around and you don't see anything in terms of immediate danger. Uh, you hear on the, you do hear the sounds of like kind of howling somewhere deep in the distance. Like it's not anywhere nearby. Uh, and you think they're, you think they're probably wolves. But it's really hard to tell as like in the night, the winds kind of flip around here and there. And sometimes the, the howls sound different. Like they're not just your, the same types of wolves and wargs that you've seen before. Could be something else. Could be your imagination. Could be the lingering impression that that encounter along the river might be playing mind, I mean, you know, tricks on your mind. Uh, Reniel would just like to do a little hunting just to make sure we've got sure. plenty of food for our rest of our journey. Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll a hunting test. Success. Yeah, you you do find along the riverbank there are like, you know, small game and stuff that are sort of it's easy enough to kind of kind of catch something here or there. Nothing out of the nothing too extravagant um hairs and whatnot but uh no 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 issues whatsoever nothing again nothing too plump and nothing too uh nothing that's going to last for a significant period but it'll certainly do for the night and do for the morn and then travel begins again okay okay uh so morning will come unless there's anything people are, are looking to do in the night but morning will come uh when you wake up there's of a mist over the area uh you can see it especially over the water when you look off to the to the west a bit uh you can see that it's a it's a fairly death desolate place like when you look north like there's very flat ground for a significant period of time far to the east you can see the peaks of the ruins of fornos like kicking up over top of the mist and a few of you who have been there have you know, you can you recognize some of like this reflective light of that dome building that the three of you before you met Erevan had journeyed beneath. Um, but otherwise, it's an easy morning. Ereniel has food for you. Uh, you do get a good night's sleep. Nothing attacks you in the night, uh, and you can continue your journey. Uh, Floy, I would need a travel test then. Got it. Eyes peeled towards the river, of course. One success. Okay. All right. Yeah, you you keep your eyes peeled, Arineal, towards the river. Gilly, you keep an eye out for those wolves or whatever they were that were howling. Uh, I'm not sure if Erebon is lost in thought at seeing, you know, the grounds that you've traveled before. Um, but Floy, you do manage to, you know, kind of chart a path. You use the river. It's not too difficult judging from the maps that Gilly was able to study beforehand. You can kind of get a, a decent bearing, sort of a westward westerly. You veer slightly away and further and further northward away from the river, the further west you go. Um, the next day or two or travel is, is fairly uneventful. 
Uh, I do need, let's see, I need the lookout, I believe this is, Gilly. Go ahead and roll awareness test. Okay. Uh, automatic success, thank God. Okay. Yeah, that was a really bad roll. Okay. So, as you're settling down, like after a couple days, um, you sort of look around and you realize that uh, you guys can move your token, by the way, to essentially the peak of the river, or the peak of the lake, the very top part of the lake where like the there's some trees and such too. You look around and you realize you don't see Gilly. Uh, the mist was, you know, the, that morning was a little bit more than you bargained for, but everyone was there at breakfast, but you look around and you don't find Gilly. And as you call out names, you know, trying to, you know, get echolocation, you're trying to, to get call and response. Um, Marco. Marco. <laughs> Gilly, you do hear them. You just kind of separate okay. themselves. Yeah. And... As right as you hear the sound of Erebon calling out some strange, must be an elvish word for elvish, where for are sure. you? Yeah, it's totally elvish. Um, you stop. <laughs> and as you do, you look around and you can see the, you know, the tallness of Arineal and Erebon coming towards you. The, the mist starts to, to sort of move off to the side. This veered you off course for a bit, a little bit more further north than you intended. And you realize, Gilly, as the mist kind of parts, that you're on top of what looks like some kind of escarpment. Then if you would have taken literally one more step, you would have fallen down probably about a 30-foot ridge. And you can see that it kind of slopes away and downward, if not for Erebon calling out. Now, you also realize, as the four of you are standing up here, that... You're looking like not only could you have fallen, but that you could have just literally keened right over. And there's these kind of heavy rocks below sharp in some manner. And you can see like there is like the remnants and residue of what looks like something that destroyed the vegetation here. There's a long plain of grass and you can see bushes and things sprouting up. But then there's a clear an utterly barren patch that's probably about a quarter mile in diameter and it's just like this pure dark gray dirt and it's it's not like quite a, a perfect circle but it's got this this relative uh, radius around it and almost to like a foot or an inch or so like the there's just nothing growing inside of it and you can see the edges where the vegetation is popping up where there's you know flowers and other things that are popping up around it. Um, but you look around and you realize you kind of got off course in the mist for a bit. And you've kind of trudged up this this ridge. All of you can go ahead and kick up uh, your fatigue an extra two as the last couple of days battling, constantly weaving about in the mist a bit has been troubling. Uh, but Gilly, no shadow points for you as you made an ill choice to kind of wander off to the north by yourself. But luckily, luckily, you were aware <laughs> enough to hear the sounds of your Thankfully. allies calling you. Goodness gracious. Arineo, because Gilly is uh, her fellowship focus, um, when she doesn't respond to Erebon's call, Arineo is 
definitely going to kind of also be like, Gilly, where are you? Gilly? Oh, so sweet grass. As she steps back from, <laughs> from like, just dangerous plummet to her death. And she's like, I'm, I'm, I just, I got, it's hard to see over this mist, okay? I'm not quite as tall as you guys. And she Have you forgotten our travels out. through the Entenmores? The mist, we must stay together. Okay, well, that time you tied us all up together or gave us the rope. We didn't have that this time. So, you know, as she's trudging back to the group. Maybe, maybe we should, um, and so Arinia will start to, um, we were working on some songs. So like, maybe we should just kind of stay in contact with each other. And so just kind of start like humming so that we are all like in audio range of each other. Even if we can't see each other through the mist. Yeah. I mean, aren't we like pretty close by to where we needed to be? We're looking for that village, right? We are. We haven't found it yet, though. So, Is there anything to go kind of look at? with what she kind of almost stumbled into, like to safely get down there. Like, is there anything to like, yeah, you can climb further? down. It just looks like a big barren kind of circular field, but yeah, you can, you can climb back down that. Now that the mist is sort of separating as the morning heat kind of comes in. Uh, yeah, you can go down there and look if you like. Yeah. I just want to take a peek, see what's there. Uh, sure. As you, as you kind of move about, go ahead and roll a scan. Oh no, that's not something I'm good at. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> Scan is um, about finding hidden things. I, well, yeah. All right, I'm going to take what we've got leftovers from last time, so I'm going to take one. Isn't that convenient? Go ahead. Type something in chat. And still fail, because, oh. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, you you travel across this sort of big kind of gray, gray dirt. Look for signs of anything whether you can see them, hear them, feel them, just looks like ruinous dirt. When you return to the group, they're waiting for you. Uh, it probably took you maybe an extra 45 minutes, hour or so to do this. Uh, but you return, having not found anything. Thought maybe, but nothing. Just, yeah, just that uh, site last night's kind of, Cut me off my, uh, I don't know, just can't really settle in and use all my senses quite like I would want to. So I guess let's keep going. Okay. Uh, so you continue west. You can see now the lake extends off to the south below you. Um, you are slightly elevated. You can see. Uh, so it looks like the northern shores... Uh, there's like kind of a, a forested ridgeline. Hills begin to extend further westward. You all are doing your little humming here and there, singing. And Erebon, as you're as you're traveling, and as you kind of hear the songs of your compatriots, you realize something or someone is harmonizing with you. Oh, don't like that. 
would I be able to it is it coming from a specific direction uh, well I mean you're gonna have to look for that so uh, what, uh, what do you want to do awareness I think I, I will uh, stop walking first and kind of cock my head do the rest of you hear that and then yeah we're all awareness yeah. that's cool and at Erebon stopping and pointing it out, you do notice, actually. Erebon, you look off to the north with your automatic success, and you, a bad roll. you see a copse of trees. Uh, as you look off, maybe 50, 100 feet away, this beautiful trees, actually, in... I've always been attracted to trees. They're lush, green, vibrant in a way that some of the other trees around here seem a little bit more gnarled, crooked. But there's this copse of trees. It's just sort of kind of grown in this almost like a perfect ring. You see that in the center of it from this distance, there's some kind of open clearing, a handful of rocks, maybe a pond at the center of it. You... You get this sense that that's where the sound's coming from. Maybe you do some tests between someone humming and you can hear sort of like this very faint harmonization coming from those trees. Well, that looks nice. That's not very threatening. Uh, After cocking my head and pinpointing the location, uh, I'll just start walking towards the trees without saying anything to the rest of the group. Okay, you all see this. And we all could catch the echo. Yeah, it was like it was, it was, this, this sort of, it was like a like a lingering harmonization. Like you were doing your home and then as you stop, like seconds later, like like the second track was just on a longer fade than your own. Mm. Uh, well, we did just have a conversation about everyone sticking together. So Ernie will follow. Erevan. Okay. So you got a little side trick though, Arenial. Going down the canyon. Yes. <laughs> I know. Such, she's such a hypocrite. Steven, I have to deal with this all the time at home. You have no idea. Man. I'm just teasing you. I feel it's like, fine. Okay. So you, you see Arabon and then Arenial follows Floyd, Gilly. What are you two doing? Yeah, I'll turn and trail behind as well. Yeah, and Gilly's just still humming as she's coming up. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you can see that there's maybe you start to count. Looks like there's about a dozen and a half trees all in this circle, and it's a perfect ring as you walk up to it. And when you look around the rest of the forest that you've kind of just breached the exterior of, right? There's nothing that's everything is grown in like this haphazard fashion, as you would expect in nature. And you see this copse, and it's just, it's too perfect. And when you kind of step through the exterior ring of these trees, there's this beautiful, soft, very vibrant green grass that's extended out from the roots of these trees towards a rocky pond in the center. And as you step through, you also hear the sounds of like winds whipping through the upper branches. And it, it's like now it's actually almost sort of singing and taking a sort of the melodic lead on the songs that you've been singing. 
in a way that you wouldn't expect the randomization of wind blowing through. It's like almost purposeful, intentional in a way that normally wind, despite despite being very beautiful and calming to listen to, like this is this is more. This almost seems it seems it certainly seems peculiar, but not necessarily like haunting in a way. You also notice, Gilly, I'm going to give you this, obviously. Um, there are white flowers growing at the base of every one of these trees. Several of them. Oh. Blooming beautifully. And at the sight of them, Gilly will kind of like gasp and just kind of stop and be like, this, this must be some sort of graveyard. What makes you say that? The white, the white flowers. Jeff, I, I wouldn't have normally come this far northwest when I'm wandering around. Would I have heard anything about these woods of anything to note about this? Uh, roll a lore test. Great success. Uh, yes, you would know that there, when the full force from the Grey Havens, the you know the Lord of Linden, Curtin, the Shipwright, and the you know, the remnants of the Dunedain kind of marched northward. They had sort of this huge force of of Gondorian, you know, with them. Uh, the battle was was fought on the plains uh, between kind of here and Fornost, right? But there were, you know, the, when the when when the the armies kind of broke and scattered, you know, there were different groups of the Angmar forces that tried to flee. Some fled eastward with the Witch King, others fled northward, some southward, some westward, and so you would probably have some basic reason to believe that if anyone was going to try to chase down fleeing foes going off into the wilds, into the forests, that it would likely be some of those Linden Elves. And when you see just the sort of reverence of, and then like the beauty of this place, you hear Gilly mentioning, you know, the symbol mine, the, the white flowers here. And probably with some of your other travels, like you would probably conclude that some elves fell here in battle. And this was sort of somehow marked by their graves or by their, their falling. I definitely want to continue forward then to pay my respects. Uh, sure. Uh, Floy, Gilly, Arineal. What are you doing? I'll stick close by. Careful not to like desecrate the land at all. Sure. Uh, Airbon, is it appropriate for us to be here? Uh, as an elf, would I know that? There's nothing as long you're not doing anything to desecrate this place. Like you're no. you're treating it with reverence. Yeah. Actually, there's like a like there's a sense of melancholy, but kind of a, you know, it's whereas like seeing that figure on the river filled you with unease and and nausea. This there's like a peacefulness to it. At the same time, you all probably feel 
the calmest you've been in several days. You've had a fight with a wraith. You you had some strange encounter along the riverbank. This is probably almost calming some of the anxiety that might have been building up to some degree. Treat this place with respect and you shall find no harm. And Gilly will be like, well, they probably haven't had visitors in a while. So she'll go over to like a different tree away from everybody with like a bush and she'll kind of sit down next to it and have her book out. And then she'll start, it feels silly, but she'll start talking to the tree. Like, well, my name's Gilly Kettlegrass. And, and she'll just start uh, going on about her adventures with her friends. As you talk to the tree, you hear the pitch of the wind going through the leaves above the boughs that are hanging above you shift and change. And there's, there's nothing to really, you know, justify, but it almost probably feels to some degree like it's replying to you, like, like nature, the tree itself, the wind, whatever, whatever embodies this place is somehow responding to you, but it's doing so in a way that sounds light and lovely. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't, again, you feel at peace here. Yeah. I, uh, would, Erebon would continue walking through the trees and, uh, would slip into his elvish meditation. Uh, and he would change tunes to a different elvish song. Uh, one a little bit more sorrowful rather than the one that we were seeing before. Uh, and just whether it's actually conscious or not, he's just going to let his mind drift and think about who might be buried here and things like that. Just, you know, whether it's made up in his own head or he would actually know, you know, some people that fell in this area, he would just uh, want to just spend a few minutes to pay his respects and remember them. Okay. Uh, Floy and Arineal, are you doing anything in particular? Uh, no, I'll just let them do their thing. Keep out watch. Uh, Rineal would, um, similar to the other two, just sort of find an area um, kind of away from them and um, and just kind of continue just humming and just seeing mm-hmm. if there's any kind of response. And very similar to Gilly, you get that kind of, like there's a shift in tone here and there, whereas from a distance it was just harmonizing with you. Now within the ring, it almost seems like it's trying to complement like the sounds that you're making in some way. Erebon, as you're sitting here and you're going through your Elvis meditation, as you're trying to recall or pay, you know, pay homage to who might have fallen here, the more the sort of sorrowful dirge begins to unfold from your your mouth as you you hum. You see that a burst of wind cuts through the branches above you, and this massive scattering of leaves comes flickering down into the middle of the ring. And almost all of them, the vast majority of these leaves, just fall on top of the pond. And when you see the coat, you know, the water itself is just now coated almost entirely with these leaves, but these small little flecks of water can kind of pierce through these little gaps here and there, but all of them just sort of fall down on top of the water. I'll definitely move up to the water's edge, uh, take a look. Yeah, and you notice that at the base of this pond, which is crystal clear, you can see that there are uh, numerous smooth rocks that have, you know, at the at the at the base itself. You don't even really see dirt at the bottom, 
and you can see that there is elvish runes that are carved on them here and there and as you start going through them and like looking at each individual rock itself you realize that they contain names stories songs of elven warriors and bards and craftsmen and even the mention of a dunedain of how, all whom who, who died here how deep is this pond oh two feet three feet maybe uh yeah i'll start wading through and i'll be looking at every single rock sure. uh yeah. no offense to you guys but i'm not gonna be saying anything to you i just I'm going to be spending as much time as possible to look through all these rooms, trying to find all the names possible, mm-hmm. seeing if any of them uh, seem familiar to me. And if if one does seem familiar to me, I'll take a few moments, but there's definitely a specific name I'm looking for that we've talked about. Sure. Um, all of you watch him do this, of course. Um, and you start going through and you can, you're looking for names. Now you, you all counted 14 total trees like it was just just over a a dozen uh, as you kind of came in in this ring and you notice as you're going through these these stones at the base of this pond you find the names of of 14 people 13 of whom are elves one of whom is a dunedain but seems to have been given a sindarin name you look specifically for the name of your friend and you do not find it but likely you do find a name or two that is familiar to you. There's a name called Maeldor, who probably, well, I don't, you can sort of determine how, how close that you want to, to make them, but you know that Maeldor was a, was a Fletcher, made, uh, made bows uh, for quite some time, uh, lived in Linden uh, and, and sort of on the Western side, obviously of the, of the Blue Mountains. Um, you know that Helvion is another one uh, he, uh, he was, a, a, a he worked for Curtin. He was a, he was a shipbuilder, carpenter of some kind. And so these are two names that probably stand out to you. How what was personal- the second one? I'm sorry. Helvion. How well you know them is entirely up to you. Uh, they would probably just be more like passing acquaintances. Sure. Uh, cause I, I was still fairly young when the battle of Fornost happened. Yep. Uh, so I, I would have been you know, in like my apprenticeship uh, time. And, you know, I would have looked up to them, but I wouldn't have been very familiar with them. Okay. Uh, I, I would go through and I'd look at each uh, stone and try to just memorize their names. Uh, you said there was a Dunedain. And, there is uh, indeed. Do you have, what was his name? Uh, I do name? actually have it. Uh, it's actually Estelle Mistor. And you would know I knew you had it or you wouldn't have I had it up. ready to go, buddy. Uh, it was, uh, it, it, it sort of translates to something like uh, brother of lost hope, something like that. Sounds like my kind of guy. Um, Figured you would dig him. <laughs> <laughs> to each name, I, I would pick it up and I'd rub my, uh, thumb over the runes and try to memorize both the the name and the feel of the rune under my finger absolutely and i would uh say to each stone heroine edith abwaneth may they find peace after death and i would go through this little ritual for each stone before coming out and putting my boots back on and 
uh, you prepared, notice, I believe. As you go through each one of these stones, and the rest of you as well probably would would would, would do this. You would hear like like a breeze would cut through one specific tree and it would actually have like the whistling in the branches would be localized to that one specific tree each time Erebon picked up and said his 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 small kind of prayer basically for for uh, each individual each individual name and this would happen one after the other after the other after the first one um Gilly would uh pop up uh Erebon are those their names their names their lives their memories and she'll kind of nod and and she plans to ask you about that later because she doesn't want to interrupt any further at this point fair enough anybody else Uh, Aridiel wanted to respect his space um, in doing that, and so she would kind of stay away, but sort of walk over to Floy um, and just kind of just ponder. So I, there was such such loss that happened during those times, and we are doing what we can. But I fear such places like this may be yet again in our future if we are not successful. It's a lot of responsibility for us to try to avoid such things. Avoid the area, you mean? Or like avoid the death just more 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 places of death like this i see it's quite honorable however the elves uh worship or or like honor their deaths mm -hmm. i hope we can make some make some effect to Maybe avoid avoid some of this, but Arineal's definitely kind of melancholy at the weight of what we're trying to hold back, and this is the you know result of forces in the world. Uh, how long do you all stay here? For me, it would airborne. So I'll like go when he's ready. I, I would probably take five to ten minutes for each stone. So it would okay. be a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, an hour or two, maybe. Sure. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Okay. As you're leaving, kind of departing. As we leave, Gilly asks Erebon, who's she pays attention to the wind that goes through the tree that she's talking to. She wants to ask who their name is. Uh, Jeff, what were the other 11 names? I have <laughs> every name ready to go. I have every uh, no, name. it's fine. I, I would, uh, since I did my best to memorize them, I would just list their names in the order that I found their stone. Uh, 
not alphabetical or anything, but just the first stone, second stone, third stone. And I would the just... one that Gilly specifically like references, like when the sound comes and stuff like that, uh, it's actually uh, Maethian, uh, which is daughter of battle. Okay, well, before Gilly leaves, she's like, well, it was a pleasure to meet you, Maethian. Uh, thanks. Maya. Like Maya, 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 she would know who you're talking to. She'd get very upset at that point. Uh, And you see like a couple leaves just sort of like flicker down and just sort of land in your hair a bit. Like these beautifully bright green leaves just sort of land in Gilly's hair. Oh, thank you. And she'll, she's like, I'll treasure this. And then she'll add that to her book. Okay. As you all leave, uh, every one of you go ahead and roll D6. Wow. Big numbers, big numbers. Two? Wow. Uh, why are, why is mine coming up as company? That's oh, you have it selected. It's because that's what's selected. Yeah, because you're on the company. The now. only token on the screen is the, the company token. All right, oh. mine must be one then, if Floyd's just a two. Okay, so... Gilly, did you roll? Uh, my dice was pink. It was the two. I don't know. Oh, right, mine's okay. one. Then. I have no idea. And then I guess yours didn't roll. I guess Renial, mine go didn't go through. Again. Yeah, right. roll, roll again. Uh, restore that amount of hope as despite the sadness, there was this each one of you step from this copse of trees and there's a sense of, yeah, there's a sense of melancholy and seriousness amongst you all as you leave, but there's also this notion that uh, you know imbued within the land around you is there is hope here you know these people fell but at the same time the battle was won you know which king the armies of angmar were pushed back and that they that something about the land still being here is to sort of lend this kind of support probably instills a slight bit of, of hope. So nothing too grandiose as as indicated by the rolls, but it does feel a little bit better. I was only missing one hope anyways. Well, there you go. <laughs> so uh, now you're back to your your classically well-known hope-filled <laughs> Arabine. Yes, yes. <laughs> Mr. Positive. Uh, Gilly, as uh, we finish uh, going over the list of names, I assume that you were writing down each one. Yes, yeah. Uh, I, I would mention after that, uh, a few days ago when we were near where the battle happened, that great tragedy left a scar that I'm sure you felt as well as I. But just as the land remembers those tragedies, the land remembers the good people. And that is what we were feeling just now. We should write that down. And then I'll walk away. (laughs) (laughs) You can quote me on that. Yeah, that's... (laughs) You can quote that. Okay. So you all... You leave the ring, the copes of trees. You get back Mm -hmm. on your journey. You get back within sight of the lake. And you continue westward. You a little bit further. You can kind of shift yourselves a little further over into into the trees themselves, kind of at the base of the hills. And you know now... And you are in the vicinity. 
So our journey is effectively over as we've reached the location that you all, because you all were going to a vague location. And so we can now sort of do our, our end of journey stuff. So let's let's go back into this. Let me pull up the rules really quick to make sure I get that um, accurate. So, all right. So all of you, I think, should have six travel fatigue right now. Is that correct? It was two, two, and two each time. It was pretty yeah. simple. Yeah, yeah. six. Okay. Uh, so what you can do now is since you're, you've sort of reached where you're at, we could just we determine how much of that travel fatigue sticks. So uh, Floyd and Gilly, I know you have ponies. Do you consider, are you, tr are you like riding these some of the time or are you using them more like, um, you know, like, like just carrying your equipment and things like that? You know what? Don't even answer that. You can use them. Forget it. Don't oh, okay. even worry about that. Okay, so pack too much. So if you're if you're riding or using a mount, so you two have your ponies. Um, you can subtract the mount's vigor rating from your fatigue total. Oh, I did not. I have a prosperous horse. Do you know the amount for that? Uh, I'll look it up. I promise I will I will look it up in just one Cut second. Cut it out. <laughs> How's everybody doing tonight? It's uh, fantastic. Okay, so all right, so you have a prosperous that has yeah. a vigor of two. So Floyd, you can just okay. reduce it yours down to four. Gilly, what do you have? Uh, I don't think it's prosperous. Probably common, I would think, because you're because yeah. you're not poor, right? You're common. No, right? I'm no. common. Okay, so there would be one. You have a common horse. Okay. It is a, it is a an old horse or a half-starved pony, and Floy has a decent beast. That's what it says in here. Yeah, I know. I remember. Okay. All right. So that's that's first step. Then all of you, each one of you, make a travel test. I need to put more points. And we do have I'm an expert at um, this. We do have some d6s if anybody wants. To. Okay. For a guy who wanders and travels all over the place, you suck at traveling. <laughs> I usually travel at my own pace, you know. Having people with pack horses kind of throws me off. That's fair. Okay, so my it looks like the only person, who, yeah, the only person who passes is Arinial. So, mm -hmm. Arinial, you only had a one. You had one success. That's it. So you can reduce your travel fatigue by one. Okay. Okay. So that I believe. And then everybody else, it sticks is what it's at. So Floyd, Gilly, Floyd and Gilly, you should be at two because you're, or excuse me, Floyd, you should be at two. Gilly and Arineal, you should be at three. Erebon, you should be at four. So that's how much like the journey has weighed on you all. So that's what you have. I, uh, I am losing some because I was at six. Oh, you were at six. My bad. Yeah. So you, yeah. So, so I should on. stay at six, right? Cycle it back. So Floyd, you lost two. So you went down, you went down to four, but then you failed the travel roll. So you stick at four. Yeah, Gilly, I'm at you, five. you went down one to five and you failed your travel roll. Arineal, you don't have a pony, but you did pass your travel roll. So you're at five and Erebon, you are at six. And so okay. that's what you're all at. Okay. Yep. Now, I mean, I'll take the four. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> I know you would. So keep that in mind because that does affect, you know, weariness and load and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. then, um, and remember, if you take prolonged rests in a sheltered, safe area, you can recover one point of fatigue per day. So, uh, 
overall that took like the journey to where you all are at took let's see one two three four five six seven eight now it's about nine day travel it's been nine a little over a week since you all left Bree. so you you got to camp down one night and you know you wake up in the morning um knowing that you have some searching to do you know that this is a hidden village it's a village that isn't on any sort of major trade path it doesn't do proper trade it's very isolated insular and from the sounds of what talendil and marimbum said they're somewhat untrustworthy and it might take some time to sort of locate so what we're going to do is we're going to do a skill endeavor to see if you can locate them uh or how and how quickly so you are in the general vicinity um because you've reached that that little red marker there on the map um the the resistance is six it's set at six already the skills that are most likely to use here are explore hunting riddle and scan i'm always willing to listen to other ways of looking for this um as long as it makes sense uh it's possible you what you might take a, a minus you know a penalty on it depending on, on how you know how good the justification is uh, so yeah, so you basically start the day fresh uh, after having having slept, having seen the mist cover uh, the lake itself. Um, you are elevated above the lake. You can see quite far out, but you notice in the morning and at night and even during the day, there is still like this these lingering kind of clouds of fog that swirl around. The, the lake itself is like 20 miles-ish across either way. It, you know, you can tell by the map that it has kind of a an odd configuration but it's a very very large lake here so you can't necessarily see all the way across but the mist that comes through does make it a little bit more difficult to see and the water is strangely calm <laughs> like you you see very little in the way of current and even when the wind sweeps down you don't really see ripples in the water as much though the mist still kind of moves over it there is a very odd feeling to the area like this this sense of foreboding like you feel almost like a like a humidity kind of weight on your shoulders as you pass by and as you as you as you camp here um compared to the that that ring of fallen elves in dunedain this place is has a much heavier feel to it uh so resistance of six time you know the time limit itself you know this is basically how quickly we can do it so how would you all go about trying to locate the village? Um, let's see. Well, since they're kind of isolated, they probably have to do some of their own farming. Uh, like they don't get crops and stuff from like a nearby city or anything. So Gilly might start looking for like tended land. Okay. Uh, what do you want to use for that? Uh, could I do like awareness or scan? Awareness wouldn't apply. That's more for trying to, de to detect danger. Danger. Uh, okay. Scan scan would apply though. Okay. Yeah. You're looking for kind like of signs of like hidden tended land, groves yeah. of you know maybe fruit trees or something like that. Any anything yeah. that suggests that someone's been kind of care that it's not just like wild tending land. to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we're on the same page. Uh, and she'll pull out her lantern to like help her like look up at plants and stuff. It is it is bright though. It's not like nighttime. I still failed. 
Okay. Good. Yeah. You, I mean, you're in a mixture. You're in very, like, forested hills. Mm -hmm. You can see that at the very peaks of the hills, as you kind of go further and further up, the the, the trees tend to sort of thin out, and the tops of these these hills themselves become a little rockier and a little sparse. Um, But as you weave about the forest, looking for any signs of tended land, you don't notice anything actually I mean you think back and what what Talendale and Marimbim said you know that they they mainly live off you know fishing the lake and hunting hunting the hills and and things like that um you do at one point though find like this series of these interconnected streams that you're maybe hoping following some of the streams the water might lead you to some kind of tended land because like if there's there's farms or uh, if there's gardens, you would need water, something to irrigate. So you follow that for a bit, but all that ends up happening is that you and is it who do you have? Beat or are you root? I always get them confused. Who's I your have pony? root. Or no, you I and, have I have beat, right? You don't even I didn't write it. No, mine is beat. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, I was gonna say How I was like, dare. I have root. Yours is the emaciated dying haven't been fed in a while horse because Gilly. Why do you think busy. she wants to trade ownership? <laughs> Billy, Gilly spends all her coin on the leaf now, so she can't afford <laughs> feed for, for poor fruit. Um, you do end up getting stuck inside uh, like this sort of quagmirely area where all these different streams kind of inter- interconnect and they disappear underground. It, it, nothing, it's never you're never in any sort of real danger in the process, but you, you get kind of muck on your on your clothes, on your boots. Poor poor root gets stuck for a while, and it takes a good you know half day just to kind of get him out of there before he sinks too far where he could potentially come into some kind of trouble Ooh. but you're able to eventually kind of get him out but it is a it is basically about a good five six hours of, of wasted time kind of trying to follow these streams and then having to to work gilly out of the of the problem all right uh who's next is you are, you are no closer to finding this hidden village. So one of Reniel's go-tos is that she always wants to see if she's ever in an area that she can like climb the tallest tree and try to get like a a vantage point that's up. Like she's pretty athletic, she's pretty good at at climbing up, so she's always wanting to find out if there's there's anything in the area that's a little bit taller than the rest that she could kind of work her way up and okay what are you thinking of using here athletics athletics to climb up yeah. uh i mean that'll get you up the tree i still would probably want like either a scan or explore uh to contribute to actually seeing something while you're up here but what about her fishing pole <laughs> she didn't bring it we talked about that yeah. nice skinning knife <laughs> I realized that a spyglass or something spyglass-like would have been ideal to bring, but I did not. I feel like a spyglass would be kind of, I mean, you're you're a poor frugal Dunedain, or not Dunedain, Ranger of the North. Would you have a spyglass? I don't know. Those those feel like they, those would be a little pricier. Floyd for sure would probably be able to get that. Well, yeah. <laughs> this yeah is I true. can get two of them. <laughs> One for each eye. <laughs> <laughs> Hope, he makes hopefully... the first binoculars. <laughs> he, he, he puts the other one the opposite way, just for fun. <laughs> he, 
<laughs> he puts one after the other so you can see super far. Um, oh, or Renee being think left with just her eyes. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Hopefully yeah. her eyes are better than mine or she can yeah. see Yeah, uh, roll the athletics test. We'll see how well you do getting up. Okay. With great a great success. success, we'll say you can get quite, you find a, a, a you know, it's a, it's a crooked tree, but one that's easily climbable, but quite tall. And you're able to get to a very, very, very high height. We'll give you a bonus uh, on your on your roll to scan or explore. You can you can choose. Okay. Is there any way bold can come into play with this at all? So I can. Uh, I mean, hope. bold would more I think apply to apply the to athletics, the athletics test, test than it is like you. I am boldly looking out <laughs> in the horizon. <laughs> all right. It's um, just an attitude, Jeff. It's, yeah, an attitude. <laughs> it's just all <laughs> That's some right. bold flavor. I'm gonna take a uh, uh, audience dice for that, um, and let's see. Sure. Oh no! Gosh, oh man, it's an awful roll. I didn't even get half of what I needed. You climb up. And you're looking around, um, and you you can see. Uh, you know, a fairly significant distance, actually, as you climb up. Um, you look westward, kind of up the hills a bit, to a, to a point, obviously, because the hills eventually climb much higher than the top of this tree. You look southward, you know, towards the towards the lake a bit more. Um, you can kind of see what looks like. It's hard to tell with the swirling mist, especially that seems isolated more around sort of the center bits of the lake as opposed to the shore as much during the hot parts of the day. You can see what looks like scattered islands here and there, occasional trees or ruins. You can't quite make out exactly what you're seeing at this distance. Boy, it would be great to have a spyglass. And then you kind of turn your attention northward, mm -hmm. and it's just forest. You don't see signs of plumes of smoke for chimneys. It is, you know, hot parts of the, of the you know, it's hotter parts. It's springtime. But you don't see any signs of homes, of a village, of... The traditional signifiers of this at all. Okay, who's next? As you climb down, you wasted everyone's time. Renio's climbing trees again. <laughs> yep. Wait, what do you got? I've got craft. <laughs> <laughs> He's crafting a spyglass. I've got <laughs> with my with my knowledge and craft. I'm going to look for marks or signs of civilization that could possibly lead me to where this is. I know what How much can we gain like? this system? Uh, <laughs> or just a regular scan. I think a scan makes more sense. <laughs> but what I'll say is roll a crap. Oh, gosh. You're looking maybe <laughs> signs for... Similar to what Gilly was looking for, signs of kind of that the land's been worked, maybe not necessarily for farmland, but maybe signs of, you know, docks or, uh, I mean, the, the felling the, timber, maybe. Yeah, fell timber, sure. Uh, roll craft test, and if you succeed, you'll take a bonus die on your scan test. If not, you can still roll scan. Sure. Here's my craft. Extraordinary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you you actually find what what looks like a fairly interesting location as 
kind of on the western side of like the north sort of the northwestern side of the uh the lake itself the coast of the lake is very erratic like there is ridges there's hills there's coves there's these blind coves some of it there's like trees that are kind of blanketing the shore so you can't really kind of get down to what looks like the water you 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 you're pretty sure in some cases the lake kind of dips underneath the ridge line and so it's not like you're just walking along this nice beautiful like beach line it's it's much more irregular especially along the western edge but you do find what looks like a dock uh you you can see that the dock is in poor shape uh, you can tell from your, your kind of craftsmanship here that there's no, you know, it doesn't seem like it's had much upkeep of late. Um, in fact, you do see some of the planks have fallen and have sunken into the water. You actually even see uh, a sunken boat. Um, it's not, not a very big boat. It's just sort of like a, a small rowboat. And as you're kind of standing atop this, uh, you know, this this outcropping of rock, as you're looking down, and you see it. You realize as you hop down that you weren't standing on regular stone, but rather a fairly large, like twenty feet tall, maybe fifteen feet tall, stone statue that has been fallen and broken. You actually see what looks like the contours of a face, and when you look around. At some of the other rock, you know, rock in the area, stone, some of it in the water, some of it on the shore, you see what looks like the, this was once car. These are carvings, like fairly massive and impressive carvings that have since fallen to ruin and have cracked and broken and split here and there. Hard to distinguish who exactly it is. It's certainly, you know, certainly human, right? Certainly people of men. You don't see any signatures of kind of elven variety here, but. Uh, but you're able to, at least in your mind, kind of note where a dock on the western side has been. Go ahead and roll that scan test to see if you can maybe find some tracks or some signs of where this might lead to. Okay. Just success. Okay. Uh, yes, you are able to find what looks like rutted ground that... You can tell just by looking at it that it looks like it's it's been attempted to be swept away as if like someone like regularly kind of clogs this up and muddies up the ground to make it look like, you know, no one's been here. But you do see what looks like the signs of a cart leading upwards and northwest into the hills in a way. So that is your first success on turn three. My first sign. We grow near. How many right. successes do we need? Six. <laughs> do we only have six turns to get it? So, basically, this is more along the lines. Like, doesn't it doesn't give me a time limit? Um, so it's kind of open ended. But the f the quicker it takes, the you know, quicker it's done. Much like you know, other games, there's clocks and things that could potentially happen if it takes you a little bit longer. And gotcha. the longer you're out here, the more likelihood you're going to run into something dangerous. So. Ooh, okay. Um, if we found uh, tracks from a cart, would I be able to use awareness to see if there's any sort of movement coming through that path? Maybe leading okay. to or from a village? 
Okay, so you want to essentially look for ways to continue, kind of continue tracking that path. Okay. Aware awareness is really for danger. Like you're supposed to use that as kind of like an alertness, like like a, like looking around for the potential signs of danger. Scan is more. Well, then I can use explore. Uh, hunting would also be a good one to use here too, since you're this little track. I can do hunting. It's the same as explore for me. Let's do hunting then. Sounds good. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. You. I'm a vegetarian. Did I throw that out there? <laughs> So you spend, you know, a, 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 a not insignificant amount of hours in the latter parts of the day trying to catch up on, you know, trying to almost follow the, the, the foundation that Floyd established in terms of like he found these tracks are kind of leading up towards the hills in some way. There's no clear path, but it also seems like someone was attempting intentionally to obscure some of the ruts of whatever this this wagon or cart might have been you try to look around for any signs of you know you take a larger a kind of broader radius looking around some of the hills and some of the tree line and you're unable to find anything and you you scour the hills for hours to the point where it dawns on you that it's actually dark and i imagine the whole time Arenial was like looking at the tracks too saying like they probably go this way and then Erebon's like no they definitely go this way <laughs> And meanwhile, Floy has set up a fire. Gilly comes trudging back with Root covered in mud as you are somewhere on the western side of the shore as a day has passed and you have sadly only one success off four turns. Uh, this is the worst skill endeavor crazy. I think you've ever done. Um, it is. It is. Oh, but thank, thank you. you. Twitch. Yes. So we have some extra uh, D6s from the audience. So we should use them and do sure. better tomorrow. Yes. should indeed okay okay so you camp out um does anyone try to fish the lake no no um you saw my hunting can, uh, will <laughs> give it a shot it, it, okay. it's sort of like just having like the you know pointy stick spearing kind of a attempt i i would offer a soft warning that when water is that still it should not be disturbed but uh i wouldn't stop her if she really wants to mm -hmm. yeah gilly will like sidle up to floy and be like um so you remember when you got your wound and the nameless thing uh, attacked us uh and there were those like zombie like things that water was really still too do you think there's some of those in this one because i did not think about that before we decided that we were going to come here if they are there, I've got my axe. Okay, but the axe—it it did stuff, but like we need more light if that's gonna happen. If we're by the fire, it should be fine. Oh, and like Gilly's still just like not super salt on it. As you're camping near this this pier, near these fallen statues, crumbled into earth you've got the fire going maybe one or two of you grabbed a, a fish from the lake the mist sweeps in covering the lake to the point where you can't see very far out uh, you look up it's a very starry sky cloud cover seems to obscure some of that star some of those stars and 
the moon itself. But the sounds sort of to the north and west, you hear this echoing of wolves. One to the north of you, then suddenly one to the west. And over the span of a good hour, you hear this constantly happening as if they're communicating and they're getting closer and closer, louder and louder. Instinctively, we'll say a renial. It sounds like as, as the most sort of rugged woodsman type. You would probably get the sense that this is, they're like closing in on prey. Are you the prey? You're not sure, but it sounds like it. And they're getting closer and closer to you. What do you all want to do? Rini will just sort of tap everyone and just say, I, I think we should be, have weapons at the ready. Maybe they are hunting something else, but just in case we should be ready. I'll heed that warning and take arms. Bowie's out. Same. Okay. Um, so you have your weapons out. You're doing anything in addition to that? So, like any any other action other than drawing weapons? Um, Gilly will ask. Can someone help boost me up into this tree? Of course. Uh. Gilly, go ahead and take. Uh, go ahead and roll athletics test. Um, Erinial, are you spending a hope to boost her? Uh, sure. Okay, go ahead, do that. Thank you. Oh, oh that's God, a lot of ones. Failure. That's a lot of ones. Wow. Remember, we have extra kind of, d6s. Yeah, you keep trying to like get her up, but every time you grab you know, a, a branch, it just kind of cracks. You get a couple of feet up and then it snaps and you go you know, kind of slamming down on top. Why is this tree so wimpy? Like, I, I give up. Let me, let's. Uh. Okay, what else are you all doing? As again, the, they sound like they're getting closer and closer and closer. You said it's misty, right? So it's pretty hard to see. It's definitely hard to see. Not impossible, but it's 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 definitely hard to see. Yeah. Uh, can Arrhenial try to do a athletics to try to? Of course. Get up and pull Gilly up. Of course, yes. Right. I am going to use one of our audience dice. That's better. Success. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you climb up. You go ahead and you bring her up with you. And the two of you are now kind of climbing up this tree. Uh, thank you, Farkadev. Very kind. Um, thank you. You have more. Uh, okay, so uh, in terms of those of you who are underground, now, Erebon, Floy, are you doing anything? I would like to uh, stealth and just find like an even more shadowy place to kind of hang out in for a bit. Okay, roll that stealth test then. And then I'll Floyd, stealth as well, though. Okay. I'll use an audience die as well. All right, got it. Long, you want one? No, it's okay. And off. Gandalf, all right. So Who that had succeeds. the blue? Sorry, I'm just double checking. That's something. long with the blue. I'm pink. Getting a weird error on my end. 
Sauron's not popping up. Yeah, there. he had a Gandalf and an Eye of Sauron. Yeah, I saw that. I was just like, oh, <laughs> but it was. Fa- I assume it was favored, right? Yeah. So you're probably yeah. Okay. Yeah. The number of times in our like role playing career, <laughs> like <laughs> Long and I have had a conversation about like you want to do anything with that stealth, and Long saying no. Like, I have a no. little like I feel like we've had a conversation like this before. Okay. Uh, okay, so you're stealthing in the brush there, um, Erebon. Um, both uh, Gilly and Arineal are up in the uh, up in the trees. Uh, Floy, you join uh, Erebon, kind of as like this this stealthy uh, this was a stealthy area. And so the two of you are in bushes. The rest of you are up in the up in the the trees. Um, Every one of you can make an awareness test. As you hear the sounds of crunching... Anybody want a dice? Crunching leaves and dirt and gravel. I'm gonna take one. Sounds of snarls. I also got a Gandalf and a Sauron. (laughs) Extraordinary. Erebon and Arineal and Gilly see this, but Floy does not. You see moving down from the hills one shadow, very large, from kind of the northwestern hills begins to descend the slope very stealthily in its own right, to the point where looking the first kind of the first sight of it, Erebon, you don't even see it really. And then Gilly, you're the first. And, it, and you feel like this little shiver kind of go down your spine as you look at what is this black furred large wolf-like beast similar to the one that you slayed on the slopes of Mount Grom but this one is enormous like a good twice the size of that large kind of alpha of that pack huge broad shoulders of some kind it's it's definitely three times the size of a decent hound. And we're talking probably taller than you if you were to stand up next to it, maybe even more. This huge bulb, like kind of, like kind of, not, I don't, bulbous is the wrong word, but kind of this huge ridge along its back where the haunches kind of stick up. And you catch just a tiny flicker of moonlight reflect in its eyes. And you hear the snarl. And then a rineal, as you're watching as well, you see a second one of these begin to emerge from the darkness to the southwest, slowly skirting down the hills. When they get very, very close to the camp, I don't think anyone said you doused the fire. Is that correct? Okay. Did not doused. Erebon, once they get to this, this sort of edge of the firelight, you see both of these creatures very very large they are wolves of some kind but they are larger than any wolves you've ever seen before any of you have ever seen before floy the mist is just kind of getting in your eyes you're having trouble but you know eventually if you're near erebon erebon can like kind of nudge you and, and point them out as you can see kind of reflecting they're skirting around the edge of the camp sniffing And like you hear kind of a, a small growl emit from them as they like kind of go through your like like some of your packs here and there. You see them 
say, kind of toss it around a bit. And if you want to, they do can that, have whatever they want. I'm staying in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and and Floyd, these are bigger than you. You're a dwarf. You're sturdy. You can tell these things are two, three times your size. Enormous. Yeah, I'll observe them for a bit, see if they just leave a volition. Okay. Jeff, I feel like you were trying to challenge him there. What, me? <laughs> you framed it like said, a warning, but I, if, you're talking if to I Floyd. Wanted, so. If I wanted to bait Floyd, I would say, oh, uh, looks like they're all wearing like these beautiful gold chains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dangling these collars, you know? <laughs> that's what I would say. I'd say uh, that's probably about worth six treasure. Yeah, I feel like that could potentially get you to the next tier of richness. Yeah, yeah. So you see them as you're observing. Arrhenial, Gilly, of course, you can do something if you want. Um, but right now, it looks like you, neither neither your, your dwarven or elven friends are moving at all. No one's engaged. It doesn't look to any of you that they seem to have kind of noticed. It looks like they're struggling to sort of sniff around. The wind kind of kicks up. The mist comes in. And you, you kind of see this sense of snarling, almost like they're communicating with one another. This like kind of snarl. and One of them begins to descend down the hill towards the edge of a ridge overlooking the lake below. Kind of howls out into the water one more time. And then they bolt and run back into the darkness. How long do you wait? Exactly my plan. <laughs> How long do you wait before coming back up? Okay. Are they still howling? I, I want to definitely not hear howls. You know, Ten minutes, at least another twenty minutes go by. You hear them continuing to do that sort of call back and forth one another, but they're getting further and further away. Better yet, I'll do my elvish meditation and I'll stay in this bush until someone else comes out. <laughs> until next week. <laughs> until I grow a beard. There's only been one of us. <laughs> yeah, I'll just step out after they're gone for a few minutes. Okay. Gilly, Arineal, do you come down from the tree? Gilly is clinging to this tree. Yeah, I would say it'd be at least a half hour before... Um, because I imagine kind of Arrhenial was on, you know, kind of one branch and Gilly was maybe like a branch higher and Arrhenial will just kind of look look up to Gilly and just sort of just shrug and should we should we get back down? Uh, I mean, yeah. We can stay up here for tonight. You know? Okay. So eventually... Time continues to pass, but because you do not feel safe, because you do not feel secure, you do not regain any fatigue. It is not yep. a restful night for anyone. Yep. Uh, as the howls continue to sort of uh, harass and hound you uh, off in the hills, but the sun does eventually come up. But before it, this thick sort of pea soup thickness of mist just comes wafting through when your eyes open in the morning you can't even see each other the fire has dwindled but there's still a bit of flame and if not for that you really couldn't get anything but the morning eventually continues you get food you no longer hear the sounds of the howls in the distance the sun begins to grow into the sky even further 
The mist gets burned off to the point where everything's visible once more. You see the statues broken along the side uh, of the lake here. You see periodically like the a very faint current come and slap against the poles sticking up out of the dock. And you have another day to continue your search for this missing village. Aridio wants to get a closer look at the statue. I don't know if that's necessarily part of the like skill stuff, but mm-hmm. okay. What do you want to do? Um, just take a closer look at kind of what it seems to be a statue of materials, anything like that. It's stone of some kind, um, probably local, whatever is up in the hills, more than likely. Uh, it doesn't seem like any special, like grandiose, polished. You know, it's rough stone, but it's well-hewn. Very impressive craftsmanship, Floy. You can probably attest to that. Um, You do see that the most intact one of these statues is of a woman. Uh, Kind of hooded. There's kind of a hood over top of her head. You can't actually necessarily see any any ears behind that hood, um, but the face itself doesn't have the kind of sharp and delicate features so common of elves. Uh, It does seem to have more of the sort of the strong jawline and cheekbones of a human. And you do see like a broken half face of a man, again, roughly the same size, uh, collapsed uh, a few steps from this. Um, there's also more of the debris out in the water uh, that seems to be kind of part of them. They, they both looked like they were likely quite tall, uh, maybe 15 feet in height, something like that. There might have been some kind of pedestal that they were sitting on to help exaggerate that height a bit um but that's what you see would anyone know what beasts we saw last night what they were uh every one of you would be able to know that they were some kind of warg or wolf but probably bigger than any that you've seen prior sorry it's a little too loud on the wind there so, if I'm under, like, would Arinial be able to, um, like, look under the water? Sure. What, what are you trying to do? Like, what's your, what's just your goal? Ca- just because some of the statues are in the water. So, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to see if there's anything else you that's would obstructed be ab- from view. Yeah, you would be able to discern that at some point it looks like, and you know this from your history, Gilly would be able to sort of add this that this lake was flooded years back, um, kind of during the fell winter where the, the, the water rose much, much higher. And the city of Enuminas was not built below water. It's flooded now, but it hasn't always been. And more than likely, the, the water line itself rose at some point, and likely these statues were built and they were erected further down the sort of slope of this lake and so the water rose so much that it kind of covered them at this point at least parts of them is likely what's going on here um it's all it really is now you can tell by looking at the stonework and then looking at this dock that these are two vastly different levels of craftsmanship one of them seems you know the stone looks old uh and it looks you know with a level of expertise that you know, you've seen reserve for some of the elvish ruins you've come across or, you know, the dwarven uh, the dwarven devices that you've seen Floy wield. 
this uh, this dock itself seems it's certainly workmanlike. It's it's functional. It's fine, but it's no more grandiose than a wagon built by Brelanders uh, is what you're seeing. So you can distinguish that this dock is is very recent in terms of at least maybe a couple of years or so old, whereas these stone statues are, you know, an age maybe or at least a thousand years plus something like that. Okay, uh, skill endeavor. How are we trying to find the village today? How do we do better than yesterday? Um, you all have seen my hunting abilities, so if you guys want to go first, I'd be happy to uh, pull up the rear. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can try a hunt and see if that's can find anything from this place. So I can do a hunt. Uh, I'll take a... I'm going to take two audience dice. Wow. Greedy much? They've got to get some six. We're all this together. <laughs> Drop that really fast there. All right. Nice. Good job. Got a success. So Open for a little more. In the morning light... Maybe a little bit more focused now, knowing that if you don't hurry, you might be devoured in the middle of the night by these yeah. giant wolves. You kind of travel back over the ground that Erebon was looking over in the hills and that Floy had found the initial like wheel, like cart ruts, and that even you yourself had kind of looked over top of when Erebon was kind of scanning. But you, you dedicate much more time to this, hours in the morning, as you're just sort of doing this very slow concentrically outward expanding search for more and more and more but eventually eventually you do find what looks like scattered scattered tracks not tracks as in on the ground but signs that someone has passed through a snap in what looks like a branch of a of a low hanging bush uh, what looks like slightly more trudged ground um, sections of flattened earth that seems to have been just too perfectly disheveled as if someone tried to cover it. It's that type of thing that you're discovering and not like footprints or actual more wagon ruts or anything like that. Eventually, you do actually come to a, a sort of this section of the hills a bit to the north as that's where these tracks tend to lead you up the hill and then you start veering northward. You find this dense forest forested area and you can see that there are traps that have been set like hunting traps like these these mechanical rusted sort of wooden and and it looks like you're not sure if it's bone or stone that's being used as as like the teeth of this this sort of wooden trap that's been laying down with some leaves and brush and debris over top of it some of those traps you can see are filled like with with that crushed game and it's just sort of been efficiently and quickly slaughtered like no it's not like sort of in this inhumane terrible way and you get a sense that you're sort of moving in the direction of where civilization might be kind of northward along sort of this forested hill line this way this way everyone this is how they're Gilly, we didn't necessarily find where they get their uh, where they're farming from, but I think we found where they 
get their meat from. Yeah. Uh, could uh, Gilly do like an awareness roll to like make sure we don't step in any more traps as we continue to move forward through this? Yeah, and I think what that'll do is that's really just going to. I don't think that's going to progress the search. That's the endeavor, just going to. But avoid, just make sure yeah. we don't. Yeah, that's fine. Like you can roll okay. that for sure, and that'll keep you know. So would you like a die? What uh, we'll say is if anyone this fails, this is a part of the endeavor. Yeah, what I'll say is if anyone fails, the failure penalty or whatever I come up with isn't going to be like stepping into a trap. It'll be something else. Still fail. Something much, much worse. Someone step into the trap. (laughs) Broken ankles, split shins. Oh, baby, I can't wait to eat them ponies. All right. um, I am not built to help with this kind of stuff. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, okay, uh, who, th- and that, again, that doesn't count towards the turn, though. That's just something else. Cool. All right, who wants to, to contribute to the search now? You have, again, you've picked up, again, sort of more hints of where to go. Is it okay just to repeat scan, or is that not Yeah, allowed? just describe, just, you know, just flavor. Describe how you're doing okay. something slightly differently, you know, something like that. Yeah, I'll just do, keep on scanning. I'll maybe, like, circle around a bit to see... Look for openings in the hills, in the grove. It's just like different angles that can yeah. get good vision of. Okay. You do notice there's a very dense forest thicket that you've kind of come up to the edge of. So you might be scanning around looking for signs of, of paths through it, as opposed to having to go all the way around it, which would take ex- you know a much longer time. So we'll say something like that. Go ahead and roll scan. Okay. Okay. Extraordinary. There we go. You guys haven't had one of those extra successes for a while. So was that, uh, how many do you have total? I always forget. Uh, just 2d6. So the three normal total. success. And then, so three total. That yeah, puts six. you at five successes. You are one away. You just need one more. All right. Uh, you might be able to get there today and not have to spend potentially another night out in the wild. Oh, with these please. Wolves please, looking please. for you. Sure. So Not yes, if you're you... relying on Erebon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So as as Arineal finds this path in these the remnants of these uh, these tracks moving forward, as if people have passed through here, and then you find Arineal these signs of someone has been laying traps in this area as if to catch game. And you know from Gilly's research and from talking to Talendil and Marinbem that these people live off the earth. They live from hunting the hills and the forests, and they live from fishing the lake. It would make perfect sense. And some of these traps were recent, too. It makes perfect sense that these are likely traps that are laid by the people who inhabit these hills. Floy, at the edge of this dense thicket that Arineal lead you all to you're looking around for any kind of way through and it is not an easy task in fact as more than once you enter into the thicket where you think you found a path only to loop back around and find yourself having traveled for 15 minutes only to move a total of 10 feet a little bit further kind of westward or southward and it takes a bit of time before you're able to locate some some thinner areas and and you're scraping yourself as you go as there's brambles and really thick vegetation roots of these old ancient trees gnarled and difficult to traverse you at one point even see as you kind of hop over what looks like this this very dangerous looking thicket that likely if you would have just flopped in could have scraped you considerably you actually catch sight of a large black bear 
very slowly and carefully moving across what is a, a far more hollowed out area of forest. Now, bears are not particularly common, uh, especially in this area. And so seeing one is, this is a bit of a sight. But not only that, as you were moving forward and nearly stumbled through, had you failed that roll, perhaps you might have alerted said bear. But you're able to quickly kind of hunker down behind kind of a hollowed out fallen tree. And you watch as a handful of cubs are trailing behind it. This is like some kind of large mother bear as it just very carefully and quietly kind of just moves from one side of this forest opening to another. And as your eyes are watching it, you notice at the briefest moment as you you come back, you see on the other side of this open opened area in between in the, at the center of this really dense outer thicket, you see a flickering of leaves and someone dart and run northward. Now, you're a ways away, so it's going to be hard to follow, but this is the first time you've seen anyone here, and you caught sight of somebody. They were in furs. You couldn't quite make them out too much, but you see them, and they just dart northward, and you know you're kind of on the right path, and you found a way through this thick, heavy, forested area, and you don't have to circumvent and go all the way around. We're getting closer. I think I saw someone. Okay. Uh, time for another... One more. We got one more for today before night falls. Can we have two more? Because I don't think Erebon's done. Uh, I have not done one today. No. Well, how many of you have done one? I know Arineal did. Arineal succeeded. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Only two have done. Arineal went first and then Floyd. So, yeah, there's two more. Sorry. Yeah. Um, That's just my rules, by the way. That's not like a thing. That's just a. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Gil, can I do like a riddle roll to like take all this information that we've collected and just kind of like try to use that to kind of piece together how totally. they might be hiding yeah, triangulate or... like where <laughs> they might be yeah Gilly gets down <laughs> to the ground spreads some dirt drops some rocks and starts moving you start seeing looks a lot like, like a Reniel's battle check <laughs> yeah. uh, absolutely Gilly I think riddle would make sense here from what you've learned so far what you've observed what you've pieced together maybe you could deduce where they might be cool can i take a dice mouth of course oh my god i'm only rolling ones twos and threes wow. today wow 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 you follow floy's advice you know you wait for the, the full crossing of this bear you're not even sure if it's possible floy that the person that you saw might have been hunting the bear, might not have been, or maybe was like you and was alerted to it and was just staying quiet until they could bolt. You're confident that they saw you, though, and they ran, and that's probably why they ran. You get the group together. You start moving through this open clearing. It's very dark underneath here as the canopy of trees is, 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 is fairly heavy, but there's still these little rays of light that come in. As the day's kind of progressing, you're kind of getting into the evening hours, you can see like the mist is actually coming in here too, like like snaking through some of these trees. Gilly, you, you, I mean, you kind of piece it together. You think that maybe they probably use the shelter of the trees at some point. They have to, like you don't necessarily want to just be exposed to the elements all the time. And so you continue to travel. The ground is undulating. And as you're moving forward, Gilly, and you're trying to like 
kind of point this way and that, you take a misstep and you suddenly slide down this long, surprisingly smooth hill. Whereas most everything you've seen thus far has been this like rocky terrain. You f- like it's 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 got this strange sort of smoothness to it. And when you kind of slam down at the ground, take a point of fatigue as it's exhausting. And like this tumble, 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 and you smack down. You can see like next to you there is like this debris kind of around this bottom of this deep dark gulch to the point where you can't even really see the the sun anymore it's so far up the overhang of those tall trees at the very top of that slope are kind of blocking any of the western sunlight but you don't really catch any signs of the person who you're chasing you don't catch any signs of like a path you are however in the middle of this gulch you see this slope and then you look down and it looks like there's these stones that are piled up, these small stones that are piled up in cascade and kind of discarded in different ways. You think it might have been some kind of hut or some kind of building that maybe like a like like the earth moved. There was like a like an earth like a mudslide or something that happened and that likely accounted for the smoothness and kind of everything collapsed downward. You know you're in the right area, but you knew that already with Floyd and Arineal, and this doesn't necessarily give you any more information to work on. But there is still time for one more roll before the night completely falls. And How many audience dice do we have left? On Erebon. We have seven. So I'm going to use seven audience. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ones for days. But that would still uh, probably be enough if you add up all the ones. I... I could do explore, right? Where I, I'm just... Uh, Absolutely. Following the hills uh, and the tree line. And if we just go long enough, we'll find something. Uh, And I will use two audience dice. I was watching the the D12 flop over to the one. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) It would have been a failure without those audience dice. So thank you, audience. Yes. Thank you very much. Okay. You've been traveling for, you're probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 miles north of the sh- of the shore of the lake as you continue to push forward. You climb up the other side of the gulch that, you know, after helping kind of Gilly get up here, you reach this, the other side of the ridge, and you can see that another one of these dense forests extends outward to the north and to the east. The hills rise up to the west. The forest, the, the 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 trees themselves, tall, crooked, angular in some ways, but they become sparser and sparser the further up the hills you go. But you kind of catch on a little bit to what Gilly is is sort of maybe kind of pointed out this notion that there this looked almost like stone bricks. They they weren't they weren't properly hewn, but you can tell that no one collects those. Like those don't appear loose like that in nature you know like you have to collect these things and the fact that they were just sort of stacked up together either for an abode or for a cairn like the one that you all discovered on the road to fornost kind of gives you this idea that maybe you're you're in the in sort of the right area you push forward and again you find another one of these very very dense thickets what do i know what i was doing exactly 
to the point where you actually it dawns on you at, at a certain point as you're pushing through arms kind of getting scraped by this it starts to maybe dawns on you that maybe as you're looking at some of this this thicket that it's intentional like did they plant this did they sort of compose this and as that thought finishes Urban, you push through to the other side of this open clearing. Gilly, Floy, Arineal, you follow. And you see these tall, ancient trees just vertical right up, like just as straight as an arrow into the sky. You see in front of you a fire, bits of torchlight. You see these scattered stone huts you see a stream coursing through it. This is definitely some kind of hamlet, some kind of village. To call it a village is almost maybe overstating it, right? It's not entirely that grandiose, right? It's very simple, hamlet itself. You do see, now that you're here, this, this these tiny little bits of smoke wafting up from some kind of central fire and from what looks like chimneys built into these stacked stoned huts. But it seems to kind of get dispersed. No fire is too large and it gets dispersed over the, you know, by the time it hits the canopy overhead. You notice too, as you're kind of stepping forward, as people begin to move around you, that there are platforms here and there on some of the trees, not unlike some of your elvish brethren on the eastern sides of the of, of the Misty Mountains and the Mirkwood. As you can see, they probably take some sort of shelter up in here, and you see figures looking down at you. They have what looks like these crude hunting bows. As you all close in, you can see there's these people who begin to follow around. They have these sort of sunken eyes in like these pools of sort of black shadow, not makeup, just sort of tiredness, like rings in the eyes themselves. There's a sallowness and a gauntness to their faces, uh, a paleness, despite the fact that they live effectively in the wild outside. They all kind of stare at you with a great deal of mistrust that is not at all hidden. They are perfectly happy to show this to you. You notice that there are multiple spotters around you. People are kind of beginning to sort of close around. You start kind of adding up the figures that are beginning to pool. There's no proper entrance to a village like walking through the gates of Bree, but rather this is sort of hidden behind this makeshift thicket. As you all kind of get closer and closer, you see a group begin to break off, move towards you while you're slowly beginning there's other groups that are kind of flanking around all of them kind of covered in furs rough rough clothing doesn't none of them look like you know sewn it all looks like animal furs like they're they're truly living off the off the land to it to some degree and all of those buildings that you see those little huts are shaped in in sort of composed of the same kind of stacked stone that you saw gilly when you slipped down the ridge the group approaches you you can see there's two figures that kind of lead that pack. One looks to be a tall man, uh, head kind of towering over over the others. And despite the appearance of everybody else, these this rough fur, you can tell that there's a hardiness to it all and a crudeness in some way. 
you can see a surprisingly well-kept beard. The other is this very broad-shouldered woman. Uh, she's not short by any stretch, but he is is, is uh, decently a, a head taller. But you can see that her shoulders kind of sag at these sort of regular intervals, and it almost like she's affecting some kind of effort to sort of stand with a kind of more proper posture. She has dark braid weaving down her right side, and it's kind of adorned with feathers and what looks like these smooth rocks, maybe from the shores of the lake. Others are starting to flank around you. They all have this ashy complexion. Like there's a grayness to them, like a grayness, like their their face is sort of saturated in some way. It's the woman with the braid who speaks when you approach. She says, looking at all of you, focusing on Erebon, eyes flickering towards Arineal. She looks towards Gilly and Floy with a touch of confusion. She says, You are outsiders, and you are not welcome here. Leave now, and we will part with indifference. Linger, and we cannot extend a similar promise. We mean no intrusion, but we have traveled for some time. Perhaps we could at least discuss. You see that that woman kind of exchanges a glance with the man standing next to her. There's like a little bit of talk, like as as people begin to murmur in the crowd around. And just as it looks like as, as she's about to talk again, you hear like this cackle of a laugh. <laughs> Betrayal! And like to the side, there's like one of the one of the groups of onlookers begins to sort of shove and you see moving up is this crone like woman she's got this heavy staff you can see these furs are like tied to the very top but slail she steps out in front of these two figures gets right up like maybe three four feet away from you all and she's looking her one eye is like open wide the other kind of crunched down she's got this wrinkly looking face you can see age spots kind of covering her betrayal journeys with these travelers betrayal has been brought to her village and she's like looking very carefully she sniffs the air and she looks over at Floy, at the dwarf. It wraps itself around the dwarf like a fresh set of furs. I have seen it in the trails. I have seen it in my dreams. They bring the doom of Eskadale. And you can see like like everyone around. <sighs> Like, there's panic begins to set, and people begin to start drawing weapons at that point. You look over, and you can see, like, the two that sort of were leading the pack. The woman who was talking, she has this very troubled look on her face. What are you all, what are you all doing? As you can see, the, the crowd around is beginning to kind of close in. Weapons are out. And this woman in front, this old kind of crone-like woman. What do you all do? We give them Floy? I mean... <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. It's 
clearly I'm not welcome at the moment, so maybe I'll back off for now. You uh, you take a couple steps back, Floyd, and you feel yourself bump into somebody. Uh. You look behind you, and there is another group that have very quietly, very stealthily, have stepped up, and you all are surrounded, outnumbered significantly. All of them have weapons. Now, there are weapons. You don't see any swords or anything like that. You see, like, you know, spears with some stone heads, and you see bows and things, and it looks like some crude knives here and there. Uh, they don't. They certainly don't have the weapons that you are all are carrying, and they're all wearing furs and leathers and things like that, but they do seem... Like there's something about them. They there's a gauntness to them, but also a like sort of this fierceness that they're pushing through. As you bump into somebody and you hear the voice say, "Not so fast, dwarf. If Gordis says you bring doom to us, we shall bring it to you first. And you feel the point of a spear in your back. Gilly starts apologizing. <laughs> Uh, I am. So, we did not bring mean to bring um, betrayal here. Um, we really just wanted to have some conversations with you all. Uh, my my name's Gilly Kettlegrass. It's Quiet, a child. Enough. And she looks. The this is the braided woman who looks now. Yeah. Please make sure your child speaks only when spoken to. Now she is. She is no child. She is an adult as I am. And you can see you that not... she's like, as she looks like at you, like there's like a little bit of a twitch as you start talking, Arineal. Like she's not happy with the fact that you're interrupting her, but go ahead. She is, she is an adult as I am. We have, as was mentioned, we have traveled quite a way in order to have a conversation with you. We will... And Arineal will kind of put her weapons down, say we did not come to fight with you. We came to discuss happenings in the world and happenings here in this area. And so you'll see her, she'll, um, she'll put down her, her bow and arrows and her short sword. The woman with the braid will speak up. A, a sense of irritation kind of washing over her face, but she's, she's doing it. You can tell she's doing a decent job of trying to be sort of like stately and diplomatic in front of like the, the group here. And she will say, we cannot hear for the affairs of outsiders, ranger of the North. We are aware of who, or at least what you are. You are not the first to come to our village. Although I do wish you would be the last. Your kind has brought your affairs to our steps too often, and with it, sorrow soon followed. And then as she says that, the crone like shouts out, Not sorrow! Doom! Doom has breached our sacred trees. Our sacred thicket within a span of moons. Eskadel will be no more. <laughs> and she's just like cackling as the groups slowly get closer. 
And we're going to stop there for this week. And we're going to end on you all being devoured by these. Uh, Wait, no, no. These okay. Tolkien hillbillies. It's great. <laughs> nice. Okay. Where's right. our C3PO that's going to pretend to be a gun? <laughs> so we hit, uh, we got to get, I'm trying to get us back to like doing the two hour as opposed to doing, I can't handle the three hours anymore. I can't, it's too much. Oh boy. It's a two week cliffhanger though. Yes. This is a two week, as Ashley would say, cliffy. Uh, <laughs> that we'll come back to in two weeks. Oh boy. I love our, our pre-show Zooms chats. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we are actually off. Uh, no, no wondering next Saturday. Uh, our good friend Long has to go to jail for like nine days or something like that. What was it? <laughs> <You> did again? <laughs> Can't remember what it is. Uh, they offered him community service, but he's like, yes. nah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, we could play without him, but that means that Floyd just gets knocked out, and you have to fight like twenty-four villagers no. without your best. I'll see internet in my cell. Maybe they'll let me play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, we are off. Uh, we are off of wondering for two weeks. We'll be back. Um, I think we're off. We're also off on Friday next week too for Traveler. We might do something in Traveler's Place. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully, we're starting a new game over on Grim and Perilous next Saturday. As Stephen and I and a few others are going to be trying out some heart, so you can kind of check that out. That's Twitch.tv/slash Grim and Perilous Plays. Uh, so I think that's what we're doing on Saturday. Um, Let's see, Monday, um, Melissa and I will be playing some Deadlands uh, as we are doing, we have now Savage Mondays. Every every Monday we're playing a Savage World game. One Monday it'll be Deadlands, another game will be Holler, so we'll kind of alternate between that here and there. Uh, Steven, you got anything going on now that you've uh, you've finished Darkest House? No, no, my schedule's pretty clear. I do a Shadowrun, a Steam Steel and Murder every other Sunday. Uh, that's next, next Sunday. week would be yeah. the 24th. Yep. Uh, and Heart starting up. Other than yeah. that, uh, one ring. Okay, right on. Uh, so yeah, that's it for us. Uh, you all found the village. Congratulations. Uh, I didn't think you <laughs> it's realized. It hard. Wargs and... It was surprisingly yes. <laughs> difficult. I did not think it was going to take that long. Normally, you all like just breeze through skill endeavors without any issue, especially when you have yeah. like the audience points to, to, to help Such out. Such bad but, rolls. So many ones and twos yeah. and threes. Erebon was ready to just go home. I don't know about the rest of you. He's like, well, it doesn't exist. But uh, we made it, and uh, we'll explore a little bit more of this village next time. So uh, we're, we're queuing up a, a raid to our friends over at Dragons in the Dining Room. So follow that raid. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for everyone who hung out tonight. Thank you for those of you who threw out some bits. They will carry over to the next session, help out the players. But we will be back in two weeks to find out just what the hell's going on in this village. Uh, so... Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> Good night. Bye. Fake village, yeah.